He hits one of the best flying knees he's ever hit. He was literally soaring through the air. Hits the flying knee. One, two, three. Daniel Bryan retains the title. The crowd goes silent. They're absolutely gutted. I am the man. This is my yard now. Who wants to walk with Elias? The new Daniel Bryan. The WWE Champion. The Hello and welcome to the Wrestling Newspaper Podcast. I'm your host Daniel. It is February the 18th, the morning of February the 18th. Last night was WWE Elimination Chamber. Today we're going to be recapping the show for you, talking about our thoughts on the show, that and more. So, what I I have to say, I thought the pay-per-view, I'm going to start with, I thought the pay-per-view, it was, it had a really good start. A pretty mediocre to poor middle and a fantastic ending. I thought I, I enjoyed the show. I've got to say it was probably one of the more more entertaining WWE pay per views of recent times. Um, but obviously there was a lot. There wasn't some of the big stars say on the card. You didn't have your Brock Lesnar's, your Seth Rollins. Um, obviously Becky and Charlotte didn't wrestle on the card. So from a match point of view, probably didn't have the best card going into the show. But Obviously, you have the excitement of what's going to happen leading towards WrestleMania. Who's going to be the first women's tag team champions? Who's going to come out of the WWE Championship with the win? So that that all excitement always added in. Um, but yeah, overall, I've got to say, I thought it was a good show. Now, the main headlines coming out of this show, we can only start in one place. Kofi Kingston stole the show. That's right. Kofi was absolutely fantastic in his main event match. He's this. This is made Kofi. Hopefully, they don't drop the ball with him because he. How over was Kofi tonight? He was absolutely fantastic in his match. Um, other stories you had Finn Balor becoming the Intercontinental Champion. We'll get into that later. Um, the Usos, after what happened in the week with one of them getting arrested, they actually win the SmackDown Live Tag Team Championships. And then finally, we had Bailey and Sasha winning the first ever, in quote marks, Women's Tag Team Championships. So, good for them. I think that made sense. Right, starting off with the show, and we're going to begin with the pre-show. Um, I just wanted to take a note of this. I think if you remember on the Royal Rumble show on the last pay-per-view, we had Sam Roberts going on a bizarre rant, and it just slips my mind who it was about. can't think who it was about, but I remember it was like a big deal at the time. Well, they're carrying on this gimmick because Sam Roberts went on a bizarre rant about Finn Balor, saying that he thinks Balor is a little bit overhyped and that he can only get a win when he has his face paint on. 
a fair point, I suppose, but it seemed a little bit on the left side. I don't know where it came from. So it seems that Sam Roberts' new gimmick is going to be to pick a superstar, a wrestler, on the pre-show and to attempt to bury them. Right, so the, the the main event match, well, the only match on the pre-show was, as usual, for the Cruiserweight Championship. We had Buddy Murphy defending against Akira Tozawa. What can I say about this match? It was really, really good. As usual, the Cruiserweights kill it on the pre-show for me. I'd have had this on the main show. Um, but hey, the, for, normally this the Cruiserweights struggle to get the crowd into it. The crowd were going crazy by the end of this. Obviously, they were quiet to begin with. Um, they had some great spots. Uh, Tazawa dived over the top rope. Murphy caught him, hits a slam to the mat, which was a great move on the outside. And um, one thing I didn't really like was they cut to a backstage interview um, with the New Day during the match. And it's like you're just trying to get into this match in the first couple of minutes. And the last thing we need is being cut to a backstage interview. It just makes the match not seem as important. But hey, why couldn't they just fit this in? Before the match, while coach, while Booker T are babbling shit, they could have put this in for a minute or two there instead of taking the spotlight from this brilliant Buddy Murphy Akira Tozawa match. Um, but yeah, as ever, Buddy Murphy's he's just great, any Buddy Murphy. Um, we had an, another great spot when Murphy hoisted Tozawa up in the air from the top rope. It was almost like he was lifting him like you'd lift a dance partner, but Tozawa counters it into a hurricane run from the top rope. Um, the match then proceeds. Murphy's kicking out of everything Tozawa's throwing at him. There were numerous times in this match where you thought Tozawa was going to get the victory on Murphy, but eventually Murphy counters one of Tozawa's moves, hit into Murphy's law for the win. Buddy Murphy retains the Cruiserweight Championship. I think it was probably the right decision. Murphy's been champion since the Australia show in October. Um, I think he deserves to defend the title at WrestleMania. Um, for me, I'd be having him drop the title at WrestleMania, get him on the main roster. This guy, this guy is great. He might be a, a bit like, he gets some of his stuff, I think, from Kenny. But, hey, that's great. He is really, really good. I want to see him mixing it with some of the top guys. I want to see him in matches with the likes of you, Seth Rollins. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, people like that, who will have some killer matches on the main roster if they just give him that chance. Obviously, they put Mustafa Ali on the main roster, and they've done a really good job with Ali. So I'm hoping that they can do the same with Buddy Murphy when they do inevitably put him on the main roster. You Really, you'd think that Vince should love him. He's a pretty big guy, really, for a 205 Live. He's in great conditioning, and, well... He deserves everything. He's put the work in. He's had a really good Cruiserweight title run. He's had good matches every month on pay-per-view. Before this, I'd say the Cruiserweight matches, they were they were all right to good. But since Murphy's been champion, the, the Cruiserweight match on the Royal Rumble pre-show was excellent. And again here, they have a really, really good match to open. Well, to finish the pre-show, I've gone three and three-quarter stars for this match. Go and watch it. Make sure I messaged a couple of my mates before saying who were watching the pay-per-view today because obviously it starts so late over here. Messaged a few of them saying make sure you check out the Buddy Murphy Tazawa match on the pre-show. As Well, for me, it was one of the best matches of the entire night. Um, so, the show opens up. We get a couple of minute video package as ever for these WWE pay-per-views. Um, the first team out is Carmella and Naomi. So, the women's tag team chamber match is going to open the show. Obviously, when they do these gimmick pay-per-views, they usually have, um, say, if, like, Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, they'll have one Hill Hell in a Cell open the show, the other one close the show. So it comes no surprise the women open the show. 
I think it was possibly the right decision because you couldn't really have opened with the main with what ended up being the main event because really the crowd I don't know I think they would have peaked with what happened with Kofi Kingston which we'll get to later on. So I have to say now I actually enjoyed the entrances to this chamber. Um, each time a team entered, they taunted whoever was in the pod. So it, it was some good spots. You had the iconic shitting themselves over Nia Jax which played into the match later on. I thought this was pretty good. Um, the first two teams to start to start the match were Sasha and Bailey against Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville. And I, I, I've seen people... Crit- I was reading Twitter a little bit after this match, and I saw people criticising it. But the first 10, 15 minutes were pretty good. Do you know what I, I enjoyed it. I thought Sasha and Bailey worked well with Mandy and Sonya. You then had... Um, Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan coming in. They had some really good work for that first 10 minutes or so. Um, I was enjoying it. The crowd were into it. Um, so, yeah, it was good. But the match sort of started slipping. I don't want to shit on the Iconics. But they come in. And what happens is they try and pin every team. Every team's down from the brawling for the previous 10, 15 minutes. The Iconics do a little bit of comedy. They try and pin every single person who was in the match. Um and then they begin to get heat on every opponent. And this is where the match sort of fell off a cliff for me. And you had five or six minutes and it was all the Iconics. They're not really... Considering how long they've been wrestling, I hear it's been ten years they've been wrestling. They're not really the most accomplished wrestlers. So watching them beat people down for t- for five minutes. Sort of like... I don't know. It put it put the match down for me a little bit. Um, so by this point, you have Naomi and Carmella who are in. The crowd are chanting Corey Graves at Carmella, which I can't be asked with that. I'm not going to get into that sort of stuff. Um, this is a wrestling show. Um, Naomi is pinned by a member of the Iconics. So Naomi and Carmella, I think, were one of the last teams to be in, and they were the first team to elim- be eliminated. So I think it was just a case of after the, the weeks that both of them have had separately, um, I think it's just... It was just get them in, get them out. We don't want anything else. That's it. We'll move on from this. Um, you had Naya and Tamina. They were beating on everyone. Naya and Tamina eliminate the Iconics, which probably was better for the match. Um, we had a bit of um, an awkward sequence with Mandy and, Mandy and Sonya and Bailey and Sasha. Um, and then the camera work in this match sort of annoyed me because Sarah Logan and Liv Morgan climbed to the top of the pods and dive off it. And they, the cameras basically miss this spot. We have to watch it on a replay. And it's like, these girls are jump, climbing up to the top of the pod, jumping off one of the biggest spots of the match. How are you missing this? Poor camera work. Dunn is probably backstage, too busy with his camera cuts to, to concentrate on getting, filming this spot. Um, so then we have Logan and Liv. I'm going to say this. I tweeted this. I thought they was really good in this match. Really impressive stuff from these two. Um, yeah, they was really good. What more can I say? Um, Naya and Tamina then eliminated the Riot Squad, which was a shame. I would have liked these two to probably go to the last two. Um, and then the match starts to get towards the end. We have Naya and Tamina, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Bailey, and Sasha, the remaining three teams. We had a spot where it happens with every... It was sort of like a bronze Strowman spot. Naya is charging towards Bailey. Bailey sidesteps her and Naya goes right through the pod. This bulletproof glass as Cody Rhodes claims later on in the show. Cody Rhodes, what am I on about? AEW there. Um, Corey Graves mentions later on in the show that it's bulletproof glass. Clearly not as Naya Jax goes right through this and her momentum takes her that far. She almost hits the cage at the other side. It was a really 
brutal spot, but it was an enjoyable spot. Um, and while Nia is down from this spot, Tamina is beaten up by the remaining four women in the match and is eliminated herself. So this was a bit of a shock, as I actually, probably if you'd have put a gun to my head, I'd have said Nia and Tamina were possibly my picks for the match, as I thought they'd want a heel team to win this and then have Sasha and Bailey challenge them later down the line at WrestleMania. Um, so we are left now with the two teams that started in Sasha and Bailey against Mandy and Tamina. The crowd are chanting, na 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 na, hey hey, goodbye to Nia and Tamina. Um, we had a really good spot where Sasha, I can't think what move she hits, and then Bailey hits her belly to belly on Sonya. And it looks like I genuinely thought the match was going to be over at this point, but Mandy stops the count. We had a bit of a bizarre spot where all four ladies are fighting on top of the pod. And um, they just randomly climb down for no reason with no big spot, which was a bit bizarre. Um, Mandy throws Sasha into like the holding support beam that's holding up the pods. Um, rolls her into the ring, hits a finisher, and I thought it was over. I thought, wow, Mandy rolls, Sonya Deville going to win. One, two, kick out. The crowd go crazy when she kicks out. Um, then we have Sonya spearing Mandy by mistake. Sasha then gets Sonya into the bank statement and taps Sonya Deville clean in the middle of the ring. And I'm glad. I'm glad Sasha and Bailey are your women's tag team champions. These two, I'm glad WWE usually like to throw a swerve or whatever in, get the heat on them. Just give us a good moment, which I'm glad that they did. Sasha and Bailey won. I think partly due to the fact WWE didn't want to piss any more fans of women's wrestling off after the whole Becky situation in recent weeks. But yeah. Bash, Basher, sorry, Bailey and Sasha win the tag team championships. Thought this was, it was a good match overall. I've heard people shit on it. I'm not having that. It was an enjoyable opening. Sure, it was a bit shit in the middle. Um, when the iconics came in, the Nia and Tamina stuff wasn't great, but the ending was great. The start was great. They popped the crowd at the end. What more do you want? It was a good match. I enjoyed it. Um. After the match, Bailey and Sasha, well, Sasha mainly is emotional. She's on the microphone. Bailey didn't really say anything. Felt to me like it was all about Sasha, this. Um, Bailey, obviously, obviously, Sasha got the win. Sasha gets interviewed after the match. You're getting you deserve it chance. Sasha's in tears. It was a great feel good moment to open this show. Sasha and Bailey are your first ever, apparently, WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. I have gone three and a half stars on this match. I really enjoyed it. And I'm going to take a step out of Martin from Elite Talk. That's at AEW Podcast One's Boots. I'm going to have a drink on air because I'm a tired boy. Ah, yeah. So in case you're wondering why I'm so tired, over here in the UK, the show finished last night at 3.30 a.m. And someone was fitting a shower at my house this morning at half past seven. So I had, I got out of the house after about three or four hours kip. I'm now at my mate's house recording this, getting ready for work. So all you like Americans, whatever, you don't know how lucky you are. It is brutal in the UK if you want to stay up live for these shows. Personally, I sometimes think, oh, I won't stay up tonight and watch it. But then as it gets to nearer the time, you put the pre-show on, you end up staying up. But hey, it's only one day of working being absolutely tired, but I have quite a, I don't know, a physical job, well, kind of, you could say, so it is a little bit tough, anyway, enough babbling, next we have the Smackdown Live Tag Team Championships, it's the Usos versus Shane McMahon and The Miz, um, we got a three to four minute video package hyping this match, 
and I'm not quite sure if it was necessary, really. It was hardly the biggest match on the show, so we get a video package hyping this up. So to me, this just said, this is all going to lead to a Shane Miz match at WrestleMania, which I think has been the plan all along. Um, Maurice is actually out to announce that Miz and Maurice are having baby number two. This is a feel-good moment, again, after the Sasha and Bailey moment. So congrats to the Miz for having baby number two. I myself have got a three-year-old, so I can't imagine having two, to be honest. The Miz is crazy. I Maurice has got a lot of work while Miz is on the road. Honestly, I cannot imagine how hard it must be having two kids. But, hey, you got to love them. Um, yeah, so the Usos versus Shane and Miz after this announcement, it was, it was a boring start, I'm not going to lie. It wasn't the most entertaining, it was clunky, it was slow, with the crowd dead after the match they've just watched in the previous, well, the previous match. Um, so yeah, the first seven, eight minutes of the, this match are pretty boring. I was thinking this match needs to pick up, and it does. Shane McMahon, almost 50 years old, does a double coast-to-coast. -coast. He hits it on one of the Usos, I'm going to say one of the Usos, because breaking news, I can't tell them apart. So he hits the coast-to-coast -coast on one of them, he goes to hit on the other, but... We'll just say it with Jimmy. Jimmy <laughs> Jimmy hits a super kick on Shane as he's landing. Shane looks physically gassed. Seriously, he's still, the amount of sweat this man loses during a match, it can't be good for him. Um, so, yeah, so we have a great spot with that. The Miz then beats on Jimmy, um, puts him on the announce table, and calls for Shane McMahon to do the elbow drop from the top rope. And I'm thinking, Shane, what are you doing, mate? You've just almost killed yourself doing these coast-to-coast. But, hey, he does it. Elbow drop through the announce table. Great pop from the crowd. This allows Miz, and we'll say it was Jay. I'm not sure if it was. Sorry about that, but we'll say it was Jay. Um, Miz and Jay go into the ring. They have a really nice two-minute sequence here. Um, good back and forth work. And the finish comes, which was a bit... It was good, but it was strange. Um, Miz hits his skull-crushing finale. Right? He goes to the cover. One. Two. And Jay, we'll say, rolls him up into a cover of his own. For the three counts, and Miz hits his finishing move and he's able to be rolled up. But it doesn't really say much for Miz's finishing move, but hey, it was a, quite an interesting spot. It surprised the crowd, it surprised me. I knew that Shane and Miz would be dropping this belt before WrestleMania, probably, so I thought they might leave it till fast lane, but hey, they've shot it here. Um, the angle will begin towards Shane and Miz at WrestleMania, I'm sure, and Usos are your new. They're your six-time tag team champions. And I, to me, I don't want to annoy anyone here, you WWE marks. It is a little bit coincidental that Revival asked for the release. They are made tag team champions on Raw. There's rumours flying about everywhere. We'll just call it rumours that the Usos aren't happy and want to leave all week. Would you add them and Eve it? They are your new SmackDown Live tag team champions. So, hey, the moral of the story is... Don't sign a long-term deal with WWE. If your contract's about to expire, you're probably going to get a little bit of a push. So, that is it. The Usos are your new tag team champions. It was a fun match once it got going. I've given this three and a quarter stars. Next. Uh, this is where the show, for me, started to go a bit downhill. Um, we had a... This, this was the announcement. The following match is a one-on-two match for the Intercontinental Championship. And I just thought, for fuck's sake... It's two in the morning, I can't be arsed with this shit. Um, so I was losing attention. The match is just stupid for me. You've got, eventually, I think, Rush blind tags Bobby Lashley. Lashley's not happy and 
Ballet is attacking the guy. He looks like a coward Ballet because he's buzzing that um, Leon Rush is in the ring. He hits the coup de gras, right, on Leon Rush for the win. One, two, three. Finn Balor is bizarrely your new Intercontinental Champion. It's the first time he's won the belt, so I thought you could have at least made it a good moment. Put Balor over. He doesn't really gain anything by beating Leon Rush at all. It was just a flat win. It sort of came out of nowhere. And then after the match, Balor, after he steals the title, basically, jumps out the ring and runs away from Bobby Lashley. Do you really want to book your baby faces to look like shit like this? Why is Finn Balor... Running away from Bobby Lashley. He's the baby face. He's just won the match. You should be standing up to him. Whoever booked this shit wants to be fired. This was bullshit. This was bullshit. Didn't like this match at all. Horrible booking. After the match, Lashley attacks Leo Rush. Um, so, yeah. I'm not really interested in seeing Balor versus Lashley at Mania. Probably won't happen. Hopefully, this leads to Balor having an Intercontinental title match with someone who's a good worker at WrestleMania. So, we can have a good Intercontinental title match. I'm glad the belt's on Bella. On Bella. On Balor. I just didn't like how we got here. I thought this was stupid. Horribly booked. Don't want to rant, so I'm just going to cut this short. One and a half stars. Finn Balor is your new Intercontinental Championship. And what should have been a feel-good moment for Finn Balor, who's deserved a belt for years, was... It was just a, a random title change in the middle of a random show in front of a crowd that was like... Oh, that's alright. Balor's new champion. Anyway, so... Next, we have Ronda Rousey versus Ruby Riot for the Raw Women's Championship. Charlotte is out before the match. She is cutting a promo, getting lots of heat. This was probably, I actually thought this was better than her promo on SmackDown. Um, the crowd are going apeshit for Becky. There's Becky chants everywhere. For me, I was hoping Becky wouldn't appear tonight. Do we have this problem, right, where they'll do a suspension angle, yeah? Someone will leave, and they'll bring them back the next week. They did it with Punk. The Summer of Punk 2011, they brought him back, what, a week or two later. If you, if you leave it three to four weeks, it seems more realistic. Obviously, they showed a video of Becky attacking Charlotte at a house show last night, and it's like, how are we meant to believe that this suspension angle is real? We all know it's not, but hey, the whole point is that trend makers believe, but I thought they should have held it off longer. But what happens after this match was actually worth it. So the Ronda Rousey-Ruby Riot match... Let's face it, the build was terrible. Ruby Riot looked like nothing. The match wasn't built up. This was all about the WrestleMania match. Um, Ronda Rousey actually comes out in an all-black gear. So it was a bit strange considering she's still being portrayed as a babyface. But hey, she actually looked all right. At least she went pulling a wedgie out the entire match, which is sort of off-putting in her matches. But apart from that, obviously, Ronda's great. Yeah, you heard that. Ronda's great. Fuck you. You're all... When you're like, oh, Ronda's ruining the women's division... Behave yourselves. Are you stupid? She's making this division. She's at least helped make this division. And I'm a big Becky fan, but Ronda Rousey is fucking brilliant. Um, so, yeah, so Ronda Rousey, to be honest, I'd like her to be doing these sort of matches on Raw more often. They, they did it with Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan. Um, Ronda taps Ruby Riot to the armbar at 1 minute 40 seconds. 1 minute 40 seconds. I was surprised at this, but... No one cared about the match going into it. There's no build for it, so it sort of made sense. Um, Ron Charlotte gets into the ring. Ronda and Charlotte are having a stare down. And then a little bit of noise comes from the crowd. And here's Becky coming down on two crutches, bless her, with this worked injured knee. So the three of them are in the ring. They're having a stare down. Charlotte's pointing her as if to say, this, this is your hero. Becky smashes her with this um, 
crutch. Sorry, my mind went blank then. Smashes her with this crutch. Repeatedly, repeatedly smashing her. She must have hit Charlotte about 20 times with this crutch. Brutal spot. Um, Charlotte's arms bleeding. And then she basically says, go on, Rhonda, take the scraps. Rhonda falls for it. And Rhonda's about to attack Charlotte. But when her back is turned, Becky brutally attacks Rhonda with the crutch to a huge pop. She's smashing her with this crutch. She's hitting her head. She's hitting her arms. I'm thinking... Surely there must be a safer way to do this, considering you're just assaulting two of the people in your WrestleMania main event. And, well, oh, Ronda's face is bleeding, um, her arm's bleeding, her back, not, not her arm, but her back had brutal marks on it. And I could see it just about on her back. She had brutal marks on her back. And the cameraman didn't show it. They showed it for about a split second. If I'm, if I'm in the truck, I'm saying, cameraman, get on Ronda's back. Look how brutal this is. No, didn't do that, but... That was that. So Becky is escorted out. She's leaving on her crutches. Crowd are going crazy. This was sort of felt like, oh, sorry, I can't mention it, Martin, can I? I can't mention that this was her Austin 316 moment because she's nothing like Stone Cold, apparently. She's the most over person on the roster. So she is like Stone Cold. Um, so, yeah, so Becky's escorted out by security who finally came. Considering, I tell you what, if I jumped in a WWE ring, I don't think it'd take 10 minutes for the security to come down to me. But, hey, we'll ignore that little part. It was a great segment. Really enjoyable. I thought they shot, shot the gun a little early. They should have maybe held, maybe held it off a few more weeks, maybe to the Ric Flair birthday celebration. But they couldn't help themselves, WWE. That was it. So, a great segment. Ronda beat. Ruby Riot with 1 minute 46 seconds. You can't really give the match a rating, so I'm not going to do that. And um, the segment was really good, though, really enjoyable. And yeah, that was it. So I'm, I've already got into my thoughts on this. I'm just going to quickly go into it again, but very quickly. So I still am of the opinion they should have gone with the Becky Ronda singles match. Yep. However, the story they're telling is very good. I just personally prefer singles matches. I feel like you have the most over babyface against the most over heel clash at WrestleMania. That's just the historian in me likes to see that. But they've done well with the build for the triple threat so far. So, hey, this is the story they want to tell. I'm here for the ride. I'm enjoying it. So, I am a little bit annoyed. I don't get to see the singles match live at WrestleMania. But, hey... The triple threat match, I'm sure, will still be great. So, let's forget about it. Let's move on. Let's get into this story and enjoy the triple threat match. We're not getting the singles match that we wanted. It is annoying, but hey, the triple threat story they're telling has been good. So, let's get behind it. Let's enjoy it. Because it's a really, probably one of the best views we've done in a while. So, yeah, let's just move on from all this bitterness towards not getting the match we wanted. And let's embrace this triple threat match. I'm sure it'll be great. The story's been great. Time to move on. Yep. Right. Speaking of moving on, Rhonda and Charlotte are in the ring, and Baron Corbin's music hits. Baron Corbin! Do you know what I mean? You main event people at WrestleMania are in the ring, and they're interrupted by Baron Corbin. Um, so it's Corbin versus Strom, and this match has been built up since about October. They finally have their one-on-one -on -one match on pay-per-view, and it was five minutes of shite. Um, Braun puts Corbin through a table, and Drew McIntyre is out. Then Lashley's out. These three were a team, what, about three or four months ago. They put them back together. They hit a brutal Shield-esque powerbomb on Strowman through a stack of tables. And Baron Corbin wins the match. And so, obviously, you're thinking they're setting this up. I was trying to go from there what they're doing. So, it's Corbin, Lashley, and Strowman. Corbin, Lashley, and McIntyre, yeah. So, they're going to be facing Braun and two partners at WrestleMania. Clearly, that's the way they're going. It's just a question of who the partners are. I think, obviously, Corbin's not a great worker. He's all right. Braun's not a great worker. 
Lashley's not a great worker. Stick him in a six-man tag with a couple of good workers, you might get a good match. Um, now, I think, for me, they're probably going to go with Braun, Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper versus these three at Mania in a six-man tag. I can only think maybe they might do Braun, Angle and Cena against the three. Um, but we'll wait and see for that. But I'm glad they actually didn't cash in now and have, say, whoever's faced them come out and make the save now and then you've got another six weeks to have dragging the build out. We'll have, have them appear in a few weeks, maybe at Fastlane to save Strowman and the six-man tag is there for WrestleMania. So, yeah, so this was... It wasn't a great match. I've given it one star because I didn't want to see the match. It was boring. It was a nothing match. Belonged on Raw, not on a pay-per-view. So, after this, I believe it's time for the main event. I thought one of the things this show, it was just about, went about 3 hours 20, 3 hours 25 minutes. The show actually flew, I felt. I don't know. Obviously, the, the, the opening hour of the show was pretty much the women's chamber. And then after that, you had Uso Shane versus Shane and Miz, which was good. And then we've had three pretty much nothing matches, but a segment in the middle of it. I think on pay-per-views, they should have a segment. They had a spell in 2008 where they had a segment in the middle of every show, and it sort of just breaks the show up. Um, but yeah, so that's it. We've breezed through this. So, as I say, the show was great to start with. The middle, it sort of fell off a cliff, but we did get a great segment with Becky, Ronda, and Charlotte, at least. Um, and now, it's time for the main event. It's the WWE Championship Elimination Chamber. It's Daniel Bryan versus Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles versus Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy. WWE Championship. And for me, before the match, I'd say the only people who could win this were probably Kofi and Bryan. Maybe Joe at a push, but we'll see. That didn't really go well. Um, Remember me laugh. Bryan cuts a great promo before the match. And he says that... The WWE are in danger because the fans are now the authority. I thought they'd drop that. The fans are not, clearly not the authority with all the goings on in the last few weeks. Um, oh, sorry about that. But yeah, that was quite funny. Anyway, I'm going to have another drink. Chocolate protein shake to start the day. Anyway, so the match starts with Joe and Brian. Decent work, as you'd expect from these two. Um, um, we get Jeff and Orton then are in the ring. So there's Samoa Joe, Jeff Orton, Brian in the ring. Um, decent work. A running knee from Daniel Bryan eliminates Jeff Hardy. And Jeff Hardy is out before... No, it wasn't even what I meant about Randy Orton. Randy Orton was the last to be in the ring. Ignore what I just said. But yeah, so Jeff Hardy is out of the match um, from a running knee from Daniel Bryan. So now we've got everyone in the ring. So this match, it was like... The bit before the main part of the match wasn't great. It was just fine. It was fine work. Um, you had a great spot. I remember, I've been saying this for years, give us Randy Orton versus AJ Styles at WrestleMania. Just give us. It was a dream match about 10, 15 years ago. It'd be good to see at Mania. They've done a great job in keeping the two apart. Considering these two have been on the same brand for almost three years, I think they've had one match. Um, it was the lead-up to WrestleMania 33 on SmackDown. But that was a really good match. Um, I think you remember it for AJ faking to go for the phenomenal forearm. Orton goes for the RKO and AJ avoids it. That was a great spot. And they sort of did something here where AJ jumped to the top rope. But Orton leaped up, leaped up caught him in midair and hit the RKO. It was a great spot. And AJ Styles is eliminated. So I'm hoping... I want to see AJ Styles versus Randy Orton at WrestleMania. I've been saying it for months that I believe that's what they'll do. Because there's got to be a reason why they've kept these two apart. It would have made sense on that year-long title run of AJ's to have had AJ 
as the face versus the heel Randy Orton. They never did it, so they're clearly saving it for something. Um, and I'm guessing it's WrestleMania. Right, that's it. So some, let's start this match. So Samoa Joe was eliminated first because I went off track a bit. Samoa Joe was eliminated first. Then Jeff Hardy was eliminated. And then we were left to the final four. AJ got eliminated. And it's down to Kofi, Brian, and Orton. Kofi Kingston hits the troubling paradise and beats Randy Orton. And this is where the match truly gets going. They, Kofi and Brian basically have a great singles match. It must have gone, I'm guessing, about 10 minutes with these two in the ring. And it was amazing. Honestly, I can't explain how amazing this was. The crowd, I can't remember the last time a WWE main roster crowd was invested in a main event as this. They're going absolutely crazy for Kofi. Um, so Kofi hits an SOS on Brian. I thought, oh my God, it's it. Kofi's one, one, two. Brian kicks out. The crowd are going crazy. Kofi and Brian, they've got the crowd on the palm of their hands. Um, Brian hits his finish. The running knee on Kofi Kingston. One, two. And Kofi kicked out. The crowd, what a pop this got. Brian's facials were amazing. He was gutted. He's got his head in his hands. The crowd are eating this alive. Um, it was just great, great stuff. I can't, honestly, I can't explain how good this was. But I've tweeted out for the, for these two to have a WWE crowd in 2019. This hooked to a main event at the end of the show. Normally the dead, normally the quiet, the fans at the end of the show, but not for this. It was, honestly, I... It, I can't explain it. I got a text off Martin this morning. And Martin has watched some of the highlights. And he was saying, oh, um, he, he doesn't like it. How everyone's like saying, oh, how amazing it was, blah, 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 blah. Which, to be fair, I can see what he means. He said, ROH and New Japan, you get reactions like this all the time in the main events. And finally, WWE do it. Which I get to an extent. But I'm not quite sure if the reactions are quite as big as this was. This was the last time I can remember a pop this loud for something. Excluding, obviously, Omega or Okada. And Tanahashi, Ibushi, Siyama, and maybe you do have a point, mate. Um, in WWE, at least, was the Almas against Gargano match at TakeOver before the Royal Rumble last year. The crowd are going absolutely insane for this. It was it was an unforgettable moment. In, in 10 years' time, like all these Elimination Chamber matches that have gone in years gone by, they all pretty much merge as one. They're all they're really good matches, but that's nothing really stands out. I think the last thing I can remember was maybe it was, was it Santino Morello was in the last two. Um, obviously, you had Bray Wyatt winning the other year, but this, in 10 years' time, I will be able to remember this. And I think we all will. As wrestling fans, we'll remember the night where Kofi and Brian smashed it for 10 minutes in the Elimination Chamber. Um, so, anyway, so moving on, Kofi... And Brian are brawling on top of the pod. That seemed to be a bit of the story of the show. People kept going on the pod and not a lot had happened. They're fighting on the pod for an eternity. Um, but Brian eventually falls off the pod. And this is where the end of the match comes. Kofi dives on Brian. But Brian ro rolls out of the way. He hits one of the best flying knees he's ever hit. He was literally soaring through the air. Hits the flying knee. One, two, three. Daniel Bryan retains the title. The crowd go silent. They're absolutely gutted. Um, it was just amazing. Bryan leaves. He gets out of there because he knows that Kofi deserves this stand innovation. The crowd are chanting, thank you, Kofi. I'm a big Daniel Bryan fan. He's probably, I'd say he's my favourite wrestler. Yeah. I think they should have put the belt on Kofi here. Even I, who love Daniel Bryan, I wanted Kofi to sort of get the belt here. Part of me did at least. Though I want to see Bryan in the main event. Well, in a title match at WrestleMania. I just wanted Kofi to win. It was the right time to put the belt on him tonight. They should have done it. Why didn't they do it? 
Obviously, they've probably got a plan and they're sticking to it, which is not like WWE. But I felt like they should have done it tonight. And um, people are saying that they're going to do Kofi versus Brian at WrestleMania, which I would be all for. I would be happy to see it at WrestleMania. And I can't believe I'm even saying that. Imagine two months ago, or even a week ago, if we'd have said, oh, it needs to be Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. Well, nobody would have believed that. Um, but I just feel like I can't imagine the pop being as big at Mania because obviously Mania is going to be all about Becky. It's going to be about Seth Rollins who I'm hoping both of them, they probably will win the title. So I think Kofi, Bray match might just get lost in the shuffle. Usually there's a big match at Mania that just gets a little bit, oh. do you know what I mean? This was, it was the main event tonight. It was all about Kofi. He was killing it. They should have done it now. But they could have even, if they didn't want to go with Kofi for the title at Mania, they could have put the belt on him here and had Bray and win it back at Fastlane. But obviously they've got a plan to stick into it. I did think before Bray would retain because... Obviously, Kofi wasn't scheduled to be in this match a week ago, and you'd like to think that they'd planned for WrestleMania and given a, they decided on a WWE title match before a week ago. So I can't, couldn't see him changing those plans, but they did have us thinking Kofi was going to win. I thought he should have won. He should have won. This was amazing. Honestly, I can't begin to say how amazing this was. I'd say this was, unless I'm forgetting something, I think it's the best main roster match. Because obviously the, the bit before was good. Yeah, but that's the same. For most matches, the opening two-thirds are good. And then it gets amazing at the end. And this is what happens in great matches. And this is what happened here tonight. I can't think of a match that I've enjoyed more than this on the main roster. For a very long time. I Definitely better than any match on the main roster for me last year trying to think what was in 2017 it could be the best I, I tell you what it was better it was better than Finn Balor against AJ Styles which people a lot of people were saying was match of the year in 2017 I think this is possibly one of the best WWE matches in years at least on the main roster anyway I, I can't explain how much I loved it it put me in a good mood do you know what I mean I've had about four hours sleep I should be thinking oh I can't be bothered doing this podcast can't be bothered work nope I'm up I'm buzzing great match it reminded me just why I love wrestling and to be honest with you, it reminded me just why I love WWE, to be honest. Although they can be fucking idiots, pain in the ass. Vince McMahon can be a right prick. This reminded us why we love it. So, yeah, so... Kofi gets his moment after the match, which was really good. Xavier Woods and Big E come down. People were saying they thought they might turn on him. No, we didn't need any of that. This was just great. The New Day celebrating with Kofi, not celebrating, but he's telling Kofi he deserves it, Kofi is made from this point, I'm telling you right now, Kofi's going to be a star for the next few months, If they'll probably fuck it up, but book him right, do you know what, there's nothing else for Mania that stands out, obviously you've got, I would like to see Cena versus Brian, I'm not going to lie, I think they could have a really good match, it feels like a big match for Mania, they've got a built-in storyline for it, they've had a great match before, but I really think they should just go with Kofi now, do you know what I mean? Make a new star. He's been there 11 years, so he's not even a new star. But just make him. He deserves this. I felt sorry for him at the end because I thought, wow, if he's not going to win the title tonight, is he ever going to do it? But it just shows the new day. They've had their run as a team. You don't need to split them up, but just have them go for singles careers. They can still be a team. You don't have to do the big split-up angle like you did with Aiden and Aiden English and Rusev. You can just do it like this. So, yeah, so that was it. That was the end of the show. We had a great elimination chair, which none of us will ever forget the Kofi Kingston Brian stuff. I'm not sure. Do you revisit and have a rematch and it not be as good as this? Oh, it's tough. It's tough. They should just go with it. Have Kofi Brian main event fast lane, maybe. I don't know. 
put it on WrestleMania. I mean, it's a match everyone now wants to see at WrestleMania. Everyone is now going to be a big supporter of Kofi. Love it. And it's great in this day and age to have a heel that you actually hate. Can you imagine if a year ago, a year ago, Brian was retired. And now he's the one of the most hated heels in the company. It's brilliant. He's done amazing. And also, I want to say, we've been talking a lot about Kofi. Brian was fantastic in this match. He shows he has still got everything that he had years ago. Just brilliant. Go and check it out. I've, I think I've talked about how great it was for enough now. So, for me, my overall thought... I'm going to say what I'll give you the match. I gave the match. This might be a little high, but no, it's not. It's not a little high. It was fucking brilliant. I've given it four and a half stars. It was fantastic. The best WWE main roster match in a long time. Four and a half stars for the men's WWE Championship Elimination Chamber. Kofi versus Brian was excellent. Kofi, you're the man, mate. Um, so yeah, so as I was saying, overall it was an up and down pay per view. We had a really good start. I personally enjoyed the women's um, tag team championship elimination chamber. That was really good. Uh, the pre show match was really good. You had a lot of shit in the middle. And um, with I hated the Finn Balor versus Lashley and Leo Rush match. The Strowman Corbin match was wasn't a match. It was just like a build up. It should have been on Raw. Same with Rousey versus Ruby Wright. But hey, you've got to fill these pay per views. You've got to bridge the gap um, from Rumble to Mania, which is too long. Which I'm going to discuss in a future episode of the show because it's too much to get into tonight. So yeah, I really like this pay per view. Do you know what I mean? At the end of the day, I can sit through two hours of crap in the middle, or an hour of hour and a half of crap in the middle for a great opening hour and a great finishing hour. Probably with my favourite WWE pay-per-view since, I don't know, in a while. To be fair, the pay-per-views haven't been that bad, really. I thought the Rumble was okay. I thought TLC was good. Survivor Series had a great double main event. So, WWE are doing fine with the pay-per-views, to be honest with you. It's Raw, the TV show, that's pretty shit. So, yeah, really good pay-per-view. I definitely recommend checking it out. It's a, It'll be a pay-per-view thing. Say, oh, Elimination Chamber 2019. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Really good show. Really great main event. Um, two great moments, and I like the fact that instead of the show, the show should have really been a negative, shouldn't it, with ending with Brian winning, but instead, they played Kofi's music, it was a good feel-good moment at the end where he's getting his reception, so it didn't actually feel like a defeat, it felt like a great moment for Kofi, which it was. So that's it, that's WWE Elimination Chamber 2019 is in the books, three weeks from tonight, well, it's Fastlane, um, so I'm sure that, that should be interesting to be honest, see the final stop on the road to WrestleMania, I'm just going to take you now to the at Wrestle News PAPR Twitter, that's the wrestling newspaper Twitter, I put a few polls up so I'll just give out the results for that, um, match of the night. We had 3% saying Murphy versus Tozawa, 3% saying other, 10% saying the women's chamber, I thought it might be a little higher than that, 84% have labelled it the Kofi chamber, 84% said the men's chamber was the match of the night, which it undoubtedly was. Um, so yeah, Kofi, the WWE Championship Elimination Chamber is your match of the night. Now the show rating, we do this either a 5, a 4, a 3 or a 0 to a 2. Um, we had 5% saying 0 to a 2, which is bullshit. Just trolls, you 5% of you troll little bastards. Um, 30% have said a 3, 48% have said a 4 and 17% have said a 5. I'd say that's right. It was a 4 out of 5 pay-per-view. 8 out of 10, whatever you want to call it. 4-star pay-per-view, really good. Re it wasn't the best pay-per-view ever, but it had some really good moments. I enjoyed it. I've, heard, I've listened to another review of the show. I won't say what it was. And they were sort of saying it was a bad show. No, I'm not having that. I'm not having it. Some people just want to shit on WWE for the sake of doing it. You know what I mean? I'm the first to jump on WWE when they give us shit. Believe me, 
But this was good. It was enjoyable. It, yeah, sure, it might not have had all three-star, four-star, four-star, back-to-back-to-back, but it was entertaining. It was good. Sometimes you don't just need that. It was It was like, I tell you what the show was like, it was like an amazing episode of Raw with a great main event, which is great. Do you know what I mean? Um, right, so to finish, I'm just, I said I'd do this. So I'm just going to read out a few of your tweets. Um, at Ralph Marion said, If WWE do not make Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan happen at WrestleMania, they are really dumb. Got a point, mate. Do you know what I mean? I don't think there's any other obvious opponent for Daniel Bryan that screams out. Maybe Cena. But, yeah, I'd just go with Kofi Bryan at WrestleMania. What's the worst that could happen? Um... Chris Williams has said that overall it was a decent show. The two chamber matches were really good, had some amazing spots. The rest of the card was meh and felt like an episode of Raw. Yeah, I touched on that. Um, the squash match with Ruby Riot was bad and the whole segment to follow was poorly written, but Becky looked great. Um, I, I can see what you're saying with that. I did. I think I maybe enjoyed the show a little bit more than yourself, but I do agree with a lot of those points. The bit in the middle was pretty shit, but the two chamber matches were really good. Um, Ziggy Fan One said, "Like most WWE shows, it's hard to rate. You want to give the good parts their credit, but you also have to keep the not so good parts in mind." Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what we've been saying. Completely agree with you there, Ziggy Fan One. Sammy Zayn he tweeted out saying, "Thanks for making me feel again." Kofi Kingston, Daniel Bryan. Now, Sammy Zayn was on Chris Jericho's podcast a few months ago saying he'd sort of not miss being in WWE. Um, but I'm guessing he's trying to say this match made him realise why he wants to be back. So, Sammy Zayn, he'll be back in a couple of months, I would expect. Finally, Aaron Walker said that on about who should face Brian at Mania, he said it should be Kofi or Joe, but they have no faith in Samoa Joe, but they'll probably go with Cena because of Total Bellas. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they did that, mate. Um, so, yeah, so I think the WWE Universal hate that saying, hate that saying that wrestling community would like to see Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. And I agree. So out of this show, I think, obviously you've got Rollins versus Lesnar, you've got Becky versus, well, they've not announced, but Becky versus Charlotte versus Ronda at Mania. So that's two matches announced. You're probably going to get Shane versus Miz. I'd say hopefully you're going to get AJ versus Orton. Possibly Bryan versus Kofi. So, yeah, that's a pretty good card we've got shaping up. Maybe they're going to do Sasha and Bailey against um, probably be Nia and Tamina. But there is rumours that it was going to be Trish and Lita. But anyway, that's enough about rumours. So, the show is over. Um, it was a really good, enjoyable show. If you've not watched Elimination Chamber, go and check it out. I'm sorry that this show was a solo show, I understand. Sometimes you don't just want to hear me babble, but hard work getting a guest over here in the UK because it means they have to stay up until half past three in the morning. But um, we'll be back reviewing Fastlane in three weeks. Um, that, that, I'm hoping to do another show this week. I'm feeling quite optimistic. I might do a show reviewing Raw and SmackDown, so look out for that. In fact, I will do. I'll do a show probably on Wednesday or Thursday. There's going to be an episode of Elite Talk out later on in the week as well. So you've got two podcasts from the wrestling newspaper network coming out this week so make sure you tune to that i hope you've enjoyed the show follow us on twitter at wrestle newspaper if you just search wrestling newspaper podcast into itunes into podbean it will come up subscribe to us subscribe to our youtube channels please subscribe to everything it really helps um, the channel grow 
yeah, so go to our Twitter page. All the links are pinned up there. Subscribe, rate, review. Give us a five-star review on, review, review on iTunes. It'd be greatly appreciated. And that's that. I'm Daniel. The Elimination Chamber 2019 was a memorable show. It's over for now. I hope you've enjoyed the review. See you later.